My name is Corey Sharp, and it is time for a new episode of Talking with Decision Makers. Decision Makers is a show where I sit down with business owners, entrepreneurs, executives, marketers, and really anyone else that I find does interesting work. So you see, I'm the founder of a brand new marketing and advertising agency called Sharp Marketing and Media. And as a young entrepreneur, I wanted to create as many opportunities as I can to learn from all kinds of different people. And this podcast brings you on that journey with me. So each episode, I'm gonna sit down with a different leader or decision maker to learn from their experiences, to learn from their highs and their lows, how they felt about it along the way, how they overcame obstacles, and take that and package it in a way that I can learn from it and apply it to my life. And I'm gonna invite you to be able to do the same, to learn from these experiences and apply them to your own work, your own career, your own business. In this episode, I was able to chat with Trent Meacham. Trent has some deep roots in our community. He's from Champaign. He went on to play basketball at the University of Illinois and followed that but with a stint playing professionally over in Europe. And now he's back in town serving as the Executive Relationship Director at Cozad Asset Management. In that role, he helps connect clients to the financial services Cozad has to offer, but he also plays a unique role in working with the Cozad team to create clarity on their mission and their vision and really setting them up for organizational success. I love talking to Trent because he has such a wide array of experiences and interests, and he's finding ways to leverage those experiences and pursue those interests here in Champaign. In our conversation, we discuss his work with Cozad, how sports have impacted his work, his thoughts on leadership, and so much more. With that, let's go now to my conversation with Trent Meacham. But first, Please be warned, the Zoom recording missed the first 10 seconds or so of his introduction, so the entry here feels a little abrupt. Doing that, and then uh, played professionally in Europe for nine seasons, and I'm back here in my hometown uh, with my wife, Teresa. We have three sons, uh, twin four-year-olds, Andrew and Malachi, a two-year-old, Dominic, uh, and kind of figuring out life in a, in a very uh, new stage for me in terms of career. Uh, and, and also as a, as a young father, a young family. Um, so just kind of enjoying that journey and, and the struggles and everything that goes along with it. You know, uh, personally, a uh, man of, of faith um, as, as a Christian, and um, I try to uh, live out my life in a way that um, would represent being a follower of Jesus and uh, not always perfect with that at all, but, but that's uh, how I try to frame the decisions I make uh, the, how I treat people, how I lead my family and, uh, you know, very much, very much learning and struggling through the process of what, what it means to be a believer, to be a husband, to be a father, uh, to grow in a career. Uh, but yeah, trying to enjoy that journey and, and be the best that I can. All right. So, uh, just from my observations and which means I'm probably missing some things. You do a lot of stuff. You have your hands, it seems, in a, a number of different buckets. It seems your interests are quite wide as well, that um, you're doing this as the executive relationship director at COZAD. You uh, 
uh, have a pod that you're keeping up with. You're doing basketball camps and trying to figure out how to adapt that to an online environment. And just so many, and you're even like working to do organizational health consulting with a mutual friend of ours when I first kind of became familiar with who you were. So like, what is the end goal? Like, like looking at all these different interests and experiences, kind of what do you feel like is the thread that kind of binds them all together for you? It's a great question. I wish I knew the end goal. Begin with the end in mind. Um, I'm trying to figure that out. You know, Corey, playing basketball for so long, I had such a singular focus. Mm-hmm. Um, athletics are very regimented, uh, routine-oriented, and, and, and performance-based, and you get quick feedback. You know where you're at. You know what you need to work on. Uh, you have constant coaching. Most of life isn't that way. Uh, most of life isn't nearly as intense, uh, but at the same time, I, I'm discovering most of life, work, all the above, is a bit more uh, of an ongoing thing. There's not that flow of a season. There's not that preparation and then those, these intense moments of games and then uh, culminating in, a, in a maybe a postseason tournament and a, and a playoff push, if you will, and then an offseason where you can exhale, ex- exhale um, have some time to get away. Uh, assess things. And uh, so I'm learning how to navigate new things. But I I say that because I had that one thing that I was really pursuing since as as a young kid. And athletics is is interesting because, you know, it's it's like you're going to be capped out at 30 years old, maybe 40 for some people. I guess there's some sports that you can play a bit longer. But if you're in your, your early 30s and as a professional basketball player, most sports, you're old, you're a veteran, and your, your days are numbered. And it, it'd be like if you're a doctor, or if you're a, a CPA or whatever, and then at you know, 35, it's like, well, you got you to you, you wrap it up and you got to move on to something totally different. Uh, but that's the life of an athlete. That's the life I chose for a while. And, and I think uh, coming out of that, I've just discovered, you know, hey, I want to stay involved with the game. So is that through coaching in, in terms of uh, training some kids or running some basketball clinics? It's just something I enjoy. I think uh, sports are such a uh, important arena to to build life lessons. So it's an opportunity for me to impact younger people, um, get more involved in sports media, which I've enjoyed mm-hmm. uh, doing some radio, doing a little bit of TV. I would love to explore more in that. Uh, again, it just keeps me connected to a game that's been so good for me. And uh you know, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm, I'm doing an online training program now, and that's more of just finding another means to connect with kids to help them as a lot of their seasons have been postponed or canceled and uh, practices aren't happening. So just another avenue to, to work with them. Uh, but whether it's organizational health consulting, uh, just leadership in general, how can we become better as individuals than as a team? I mean, I think that's what that's all about. Uh, so consulting, leadership, however you want to frame things, coaching, whether that's on a basketball court or in a business, uh, some of these things I'm doing in my real job, my day job uh, at COZAD um, as my title, Executive Relationship Director. I, I think just trying to um, help build a team atmosphere there and also find ways to connect with our clients in the best way. And, uh, you know, and then there's some business development there as well. So um, just growing that business. So all those things, uh, I'm going, I'm really long winded here, Corey, I apologize, but uh, it's, it's, I would say, 
as I'm transitioning into a new phase of my life, uh, I think one thing is I want to stay involved with basketball. I, I want to be able to impact in, in however um, way I can. And I'm, and I'm learning. I'm discovering who I am, how I can use my gifts, where I need to learn and grow. And I think the best way of doing, doing that is just having a lot of things going in some ways. And then that'll trim down as we go. But for right now, um, until that needs to, until things must be cut away, um, it's exciting for me to have my hand in, in a few different places. And I think they do tie together uh, and I'm learning how to do so. Um, one of the things that, that you mentioned made me think of uh, a book that I think that both of us has read, uh, Deep Work. Uh, and in that, he kind of discusses that the challenge for knowledge workers is that exactly what the work is, is not always clear. Um, and that's something I've been envious of sometimes of people who maybe do like construction or other types of manual labor, that there's a lot of clarity as far as what the work should be. And I'm guessing that as an athlete, that there was a lot of clarity in day in day out, what is the work that I need to do? It's just a matter of how much you can do it. How has that transition been for you from something where the day in day out work has a lot of clarity and that if you know what that work is, you're willing to do it to something where there's almost no clarity to what the right thing is. Yeah, that's really good. And, and, you know, I'd be lying if I, if I tried to act like I got it all figured out and I've made this perfect transition and I've, you know, in every way imaginable have, have taken the skills and lessons I've learned through athletics and applied them seamlessly to family, to work, to all that. Uh, but that's not the case. I, I think another point in deep work is Cal Newport talks about uh, you really just have a small window of time that you can really apply yourself in, in the most meaningful, the most demanding, the most intense way. And that's another, another thing that athletics gives you is you don't practice for eight hours. You practice for two hours, you know, maybe three, but you're in and out of there and it's, it's very well defined. There's no distractions. I think we're so distracted now and to really be able to get into that deep work. You know, if you have email binging you, if you have text messages coming through, it's, it's hard to, to really do that meaningful work, that, that tough work. And, and that's a process for me because, you know, when I stepped on a basketball court, I didn't have my cell phone on me. You know, coaches would oftentimes even uh, block out the windows. You know, you're in college, you, you don't see the day, you know, you don't see the light of day and you're out of there and it's dark, you know. Casino vibes. Uh, yeah. And, and now, okay, how do I handle different distractions? How do I uh, prioritize and set aside the time needed to do the most important work, which oftentimes isn't the most urgent work. And so that's another thing that, uh, you know, I'm learning how to, okay, take some of these lessons. Okay. What did we do in basketball? How did I carve away time? How did I mentally prepare myself for that intense period? And then how do I review? How did I recover? How did I prepare for the next day um, and, and being a bit more um, regimented and prioritized the, the correct things. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very much uh, in the process of still learning how to best apply those things to my life right now and in doing many different things. Okay. So talk to me about, uh, you shared a little bit about your role at COZAD and what you're doing there. You know, you're listed as the executive relationship director and you listed some of the elements. Is the primary nature of that kind of as a, a client relations uh, role or kind of what is your kind of 
main tasks within your role? A great question. And, and I'm still uh, learning how this could play out. And I think there's a number of different avenues that could play out. And Cozad's a great, uh, it's a great company with great people. And simply put, my, my role is one, learn. Hey, you're new to this business. You go from being a veteran to a rookie. So learn, uh, learn the business. Um, reach out to new people, try to make new relationships, bring in business, connect them with the true professionals. You know, I don't need to pretend like I know everything after a year in the business, but um, make connections. And then uh, who in this who in this company can best serve those people? And, and then also, uh, how can we maybe foster and build our team uh, chemistry within the company? Because it's it's a place full of great people, very very smart people. Okay, now how can we maybe even have a little bit more synergy? And, and bringing ideas and, and, and people together. Uh, so those three things, I'd say learning, um, business development, you know, just creating relationships out in the community and then uh, building the team atmosphere within would be, would be my role right now. And we'll see, we'll see what I'd say in a year from now, but uh, you know, each of those things are, are interesting and, mm -hmm. and I think uh, uh, apply well to my, my skill sets. Yeah, it's an interesting mix of you talking about like looking out with clients, but also looking in within within the team that that type of mix doesn't usually like you, you don't get to be able to do both of those super often. So it's kind of a unique experience, I feel like, for you then to be able to do both. It is a good experience. You know, it's not a huge company. We have about 40 employees. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, a, a midsize company and in, in a place that already has tremendous relationships throughout, especially this community, but even around the state and uh, even clients spread throughout the country. So uh, there's different challenges there. There's different opportunities there. Uh, but in a smaller company, I think you have to take, you know, to take on some more hats and uh, be willing to, to put your hand in some different things. And for me as a young person uh, in that business and, and fresh to the industry, I think it's just good for me to have uh, some different experiences. And I, and I would expect uh, maybe my role to, to become a bit more singular in, in, in a potential area, I think it could, that could have. Yeah, and it, uh, it kind of seems like right now, maybe you're kind of tasting a handful of different things to see if there's a spot that seems like the best fit. Would that be probably a good, kind of like you're looking at a few different areas to see what might work the best long-term? <laughs> I think that's part of it. I think it's, I always look, where can I provide value right now? Okay. Is, is if you, also, if you sorry play for bringing up taste right now, <laughs> yeah, I can't taste cause coming off of COVID and healthy, but can't taste anything, which is frustrating, but uh, there's, there's much bigger people have much bigger issues than that. So I'm not, I'm not going to complain. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I was saying is, you know, as an athlete, if you play on a team, you want to bring value to that team. How can I bring value right now? Uh, what's my role right now? Trying to understand my role. Okay, let me be an all-star. Let me be my best in this role. Bring value to my team, the people we work with, however that plays out. But then also, what are the things that I uh, need to do to expand my role, to be able to maybe step into the, the goals I have, the vision I have, and so that's where I'm at. Um, where can I bring value right now? Okay, I think some of this, this, this team involvement, um, synergy with amongst a, a great group of people, can I help with that and help with communications? I think so. And then getting out in the community and 
uh, spreading our message or meeting new people and, and bringing people in. I think that's another strength of mine. So, okay, let me do that now while all at the same time I'm learning, I'm learning some of the um, fundamentals of the business. And I'm also learning some of the, the, you know, I'm learning the, the, uh, the art and the sciences. And, and so as I learn, as I go, I think, uh, you know, different things will emerge and, and that might demand more or less of my time. And, and I think that, that, that path will become more clear, but uh, I don't want to be too concerned with um, where I'm going, especially when I'm just getting started, if that makes sense, and just be the very best right now and be open along the way to how could this lead, what new relationships, what new opportunities for myself, for the company. So um, with so many kind of diverse and broad interests, um, like why COZAD? Like what, was there something interesting about the work or the mission that really spoke to you? Like what kind of really drew you to this opportunity? Yeah, great question. Uh, I'm very familiar with the company. My, my dad's uh, been at COZAD for uh, about 40 years. So he's it's, a, it's nearly a 50 year old company and he's been there from, almost the beginning. So familiar with the people. And I think the biggest thing is the people you're with. I think more so than what you're doing, who are you doing it with? Who are you learning from? For me as a young person in a new space, okay, can I trust these people? Uh, are they competent? Are they uh, good people? And, and, and that's apparent. I, I knew that with this company. So, okay, that's, a, that's a, a great starting point. And then it'd say, hey, Trent, we want you to come in and learn and we want you to help us grow our business. Um, we want you to bring ideas. Great. Hey, we also want you, Trent, to continue doing what you're doing. You write your newsletter. Keep doing that. You want to do basketball camps. Keep doing that. You want to get involved and you want to do some speaking or, you know, we want you to do all those things. Keep growing in those passions of yours. So uh, that just very much aligned with, okay, um, I can get down with this. You know, I, I trust these people. I know they provide a great service. And I think there's potential for me to come in and help them um, to learn as I go. Uh, but also, it's not going to take me from doing these other things because all these other things are going to help me grow my skills, help me meet new people, uh, which hopefully can benefit that, that company as well. Mm -hmm. That's one of the great things about that I've had some experiences in smaller businesses, smaller companies, is they're always, almost always willing to allow space to allow someone to learn and to allow you to kind of like kind of what you're doing kind of help them while also figuring out what space is your best space and and that's kind of a, a unique opportunity that i feel like smaller businesses and smaller companies provide people that that maybe people don't always recognize or also that you get more responsibility than maybe your resume or experience would allow you to have in a larger company as well yeah, I've never worked for, for a large company, um, so I know what I know, and, I, and it's, it's probably very little, but um, I'm just appreciative of, of the opportunity and, the, and the, the ability to continue doing some of, some of the other things that I'm doing, and not everyone at the company is like that. Some people are much more, um, you know, restrictive to kind of their specialty, their technical expertise, and, and everybody's different, too. Everybody has different interests in terms of what they want to give themselves to. And, and for now, um, you know, as I said, I think some things will probably change when I look ahead two years, five years, but for now, I'm very much um, appreciative and enjoying kind of this space in, in what I have my hands in and what I'm able to get experience in. That's cool. So 
on a on a day-to-day basis kind of what are some of the the things that you're helping clients with like what problems are you trying to help them solve like what is it that you're kind of providing kind of clients yeah you know every every person's different and so for our company in terms of working with people and walking them through their their financial journey okay what are their goals what are their hopes and for some that could be you know retirement that's a big thing saving for that for those that could be they have a, a pretty massive net worth and, and okay, how do we most effectively uh, pass this on to our next generation? Um, and there's, so there's different, you know, at COZAD, we, we do a lot of financial planning, you know, helping with those things. We do a lot of tax work. We have a number of CPAs. Um, we do insurance planning. And uh, so there's so many different things. We, and for some clients who have, you know, in excess of maybe 10, 20 or, or, $50 million, you know, we might just manage a portion of their money and, and find ways to invest it that um, align with their risk tolerance, tolerances, their time horizon, their goals. And so everybody's different. Look, I'm not the, the tax expert. I'm not the insurance expert. I'm not the investment expert. So in terms of working with clients, my biggest thing is typically communication is, is typically meeting new people, trying to meet new people and bring them in or just communication um, strengthening those relationships uh, would be my biggest thing. And, you know, I'm learning, I'm learning the nuts and bolts of the business, the business, all those different things I've said. Um, will I have a, a specialty in this industry at, at some point? I could. Um, but right now I'm primarily focused on strengthening the relationships, um, especially one thing in, in particular is that um, between generations. So some of these families that baby boomers that, you know, as they look to how do they most, uh, effectively and efficiently pass their wealth to the next generation um, because it's not just passing money it's passing values and um, what they you know what they hope that that their kids their grandkids will do with that money okay beyond just having a set life but how can we use this money to to give to grow to help people and and that's for me what uh, most excites me about the industry um, that's cool. So one of the things that, uh, just because of my knowledge of you comes mostly from my, our mutual friend and the internet. So you, I've noticed you create and post a lot of content. You do it really consistently. And I think that's something that a lot of people or businesses or organizations struggle with doing. How do you stay so consistent with it? I think I could create more more content. I, I, honestly, uh, I think there's there's most of us are consumers. There's very few creators. You know, I, I believe we're all created to create, if that makes sense. But I think few of us are actually practicing that, actually growing in that, and we're content to just consume. And there's so much stuff to consume now, uh, which can make it even harder to take the time and the intention to create. But for me, I think it starts with. Uh, you know, believing that, hey, I have something to share that's a value. And it's easy to question that. It's easy to think, oh, someone else is doing this or, you know, do I really know this? I'm still learning or I don't have it all figured out. I, I can question those things. But you know what? Like, I do have some experiences. Let me start sharing that. You know, it's not all perfect. And I think we can tend to want to put a perfect product out there. And of course, we want to put forth our best foot and put a lot of um, put our best work into anything that we do, whether it was a school project, at, you know, fifth grade or, or you're trying to 
push something out there into the world, uh, into the marketplace. But I think it's, it's more about getting reps in and quantity over quality when you get started. Um, that's how you learn. That's how you grow. Okay, let's see what resonates. Let's see what sticks. And, you know, I was never really that type of person until I started writing a newsletter. It's been just about two years now. And okay, every two weeks, this isn't overkill, but let me do something that's doable. I can do two weeks. I can maybe in living overseas in different cultures. And how can I apply those to life now, to relationships, to being a husband, to being a father, to being, you know, to, to work, to having an impact. And that kind of is what got me started. It's not easy. Uh, but also when you kind of say, Hey, I'm going to do this every two weeks. Okay. Well, I need to stay with it. Um, you know, then, you know, COVID hit and we're kind of home a bit more and Hey, I, you know, my wife and I have talked about doing something together. Hey, let's start a podcast. You know, I started in two a week and, you know, I couldn't keep that up, but so, so doing something doable, you know, sticking with a plan that's doable, but also I think we all have a lot more bandwidth than we believe. And I think we're oftentimes myself included are kind of held back by, our limiting beliefs and just thinking, okay, we know we're not perfect. We know we still have things to learn. So I'm going to wait to actually share what I do know now, what I can give now. And the reality is those that just kind of do it, that's, those are the ones that actually learn and improve. And that's when you can optimize. I think after you start getting those reps, okay, now I know how to optimize. Now my product's only going to get better and better, but typically we don't see those people until they've been doing it for a decade. And it's like, wow, they're pros. They're really good uh, because we didn't see them at week one or year one. Yeah. And I think another thing is that um, people I'm trying to think of like struggle with like finding a unique thing to say, finding something to say that maybe hasn't been said in this way or that way before. But sometimes I think we over estimate how many people are familiar with all the information we're familiar with and so to us it feels like common sense or it doesn't feel unique but to a lot of other people they haven't encountered the same things as you so it's more like it's going to connect more than you think it's not going to be common sense to everyone i think no question i think you know if you read a lot of leadership books or self-help books, or you follow these certain people on Twitter, whatever it might be, and you come across their information daily, and you think, oh, everybody's kind of consuming this stuff, but that's not the reality. Mm-hmm. I heard Seth Godin talk about recently about like, you know, not even 1% of the popula- population have read my books, but I'm a best-selling author. So the most, most of our, um, our world doesn't know about him, Um, but except for a a very small select group. So how can maybe you take some of these ideas, some of these concepts, and then apply them to your own life? And it doesn't have to be creating another, writing a book or a podcast or something, but how can you start applying those into your your family, into your your colleagues, into the customers you're working with, your teammates, whatever that may be. And then as you go, okay, well, now I want to maybe touch some more people. So now can I speak on this? Can I write on this? Can I, uh, you know, go from there? Uh, but I think we only know what we know. We're kind of in our own bubble and don't realize, oh, there's other people that they're doing their own stuff and, and they haven't had time to consume this type of literature or these authors or these thinkers. So that's maybe apply those lessons we're learning into my specific world. And I think there's opportunities for anybody to do that. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Um, related. So I know enough to know that you're a book guy. You enjoy reading um, kind of nonfiction, kind of uh, just kind of business uh, leadership type books. Uh, why, why do you read? Like, why is this something that's important to you? It's a good question. Uh, was never a reader growing up, but I think I can still struggle with starting a book and just wanting to get through it as opposed to actually, you know, get the book through me and actually maybe apply something from the book. And, uh, but there, there's so many lessons we can learn. I mean, we can, reading a book is essentially spending time with someone who, uh, maybe has lived a, a very um, successful life or fulfilling life or impactful life or um, worthy, holy life and getting to spend a few hours with them and learn some of the lessons that they've learned. And, and that's invaluable. I mean, a $10 book, a $20 book can change your life. And uh, so I, I don't think I value the uh, all the opportunity there is to learn and gain not just knowledge, but true wisdom um, through the books that are available to us. And today's day and age, I mean, we have everything at our fingertips. And so uh, even just you saying that is a reminder of, hey, there's so much value in taking a little, a little bit of time daily to pour into myself, to pour into my soul and glean from some of these uh, truly remarkable people. Yeah. So are there uh, kind of what are some of the books that you've really enjoyed recently or that, you know, are on Trent's 2020 list or anything like that? Oh, that's a good question. I got a, I got a few on me. I just read this one, Psychology of Money. This is really okay. good. A, a new release, I believe, this year. Um, you know, our decisions with, with fin finances aren't really typically made on a spreadsheet. They're made in our, in our emotions. And those that can kind of manage their emotions and master their emotions and be disciplined are probably going to do much better than even the, the educated ones or the experts if um, they can't master their emotions. So that, that was a fascinating book. Um, you know, there's a few others I read this year. I'm, I'm kind of looking at, at back at my library here and, and um, we got a mess in here, but uh, a book called The Power of Moments uh, was a great book that I read this year. And I say that because being an athlete, living overseas to kind of that adventure gave me moments. Just, just, mm -hmm. it gives you moments. You have these peak moments of, uh, of a game, of a season, um, and you have these things that build up to those. But most of life, again, I'm kind of getting back, a lot of life doesn't have that. And so I've discovered that I'm not necessarily great at creating moments. They just kind of happen for me. Um, moving to different countries, that's a moment. And how can we create meaningful and memorable moments is kind of the, the, the authors, Chip and Dan Heath are the authors, is kind of their message. And, you know, we, those can be very small things um, in day-to-day -day life, or they can be, you know, a vacation or a big moment or a, a rite of passage. And I think we're, we're, especially in the West, I would say something that is simple or as uh, common as a rite of passage is not common at all in our culture. So that was really a wake up call for me, like, oh man, I'm not good at this. How can I create moments for my family? How can I create moments uh, for my other relationships um, or clients or whatever? 
um, and something I need to grow in. So that was another book that was great this year. And, you know, also just candidly, um, really just trying to get back in the Bible and, and kind of um, felt, uh, felt kind of uh, stagnant spiritually and, and, and wanting to dive back into God's word. And, and that's just in, in the past month or so, I've just felt a hunger for that. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, the book that has the most wisdom and the most life-giving uh, words in it. And, and that's been uh, kind of pulling at me, tugging at me recently. So um, I'm getting back into that. And, and then finally, I just opened up a book, uh, Boy Crisis. I just cracked it open. So it's too early to tell um, if it's good or not, but I heard some good, good things about it. And, you know, as a father to three boys, um, just very passionate, one about being a father, uh, two about, uh, I think the, the lack of uh, uh, resources in men to develop other young men. And so uh, that's something I'm very passionate about doing. So um, obviously with my own family, but also through basketball. So I'm excited to, to get into that more. Cool. Um, again, kind of leaning off of that, uh, you also kind of a lot of your content, a lot of the stuff you write about is, is really leadership focused. Uh, what makes leadership such a compelling topic for you? You know, I look at leadership as, as simply helping someone else, um, helping someone else become better. And isn't that kind of what this is all about? You know, um, as a husband, can I help my wife become a better person? As a dad, can I help my boys become their best? Um, can I help, could I help my teammates as a leader on my team? Or, or someone who wants to be a leader. And I'm just discovering, uh, I think we're all, myself included, it's, it's so easy to just be um, inward focused and selfish with my own thoughts, selfish with my own desires, selfish with my own, how I spend my energy. And of course, there's, there's a, a need to, um, to, to allow yourself to be filled so you have so you can give. And that's a very important, but uh, yeah, leadership, you know, how can it help people be better? There's few people that, that lead, you know, um, that are really doing that. And um, building them up so that they can go and build up others and help others and grow in whatever they're doing. So uh, simple as that, you know, that's just something that I want to grow in. Um, I know I have my own, uh, I, I oftentimes get stuck on myself, uh, but, but also that, uh, so just that, that passion to really, uh, you know, help others, help them become better. Yeah. I think, I think that makes sense where I similarly kind of think about it. It's just like creating space and opportunities and increasing the probability that the people around you are successful. Like whatever that is, it's providing the sandbox, it's providing the tools, it's providing the support to allow that to happen. Yeah, yeah, I think our our world world is crying out for leadership, and uh, you know, especially for I think for younger men, um, and we've had a lot of poor leaders, and there's there's few good leaders. So, um, how can I do that in my home? How can I do that? Okay. With the relationships right around me and then you go from there. But, um, the biggest thing is, yeah. How do I do that daily with my family? 
you know, the light that shines furthest shines brightest at home, something like that. And, and wanting to first and foremost be that light and um, build up uh, right where I'm at, at home, in this community, and then uh, hopefully have the vision to, uh, to touch others as well. Yeah. And uh, other than you're talking about, you know, within your own family, the other thing that seemed like really that you were passionate about there talking about was with uh, students and helping them within, like helping them, giving them leadership within terms of your basketball camps and your basketball training. It's like, what elements are you adding or what are you bringing to those camps to help teach some of those lessons? Yeah, that's something I'm very passionate about. And I think here's the deal with anything. There's always, there's always a uh, potential for a greater purpose in anything. You know, I mentioned finances. It isn't just about having the most money. It's okay. Well, what are the values you want to instill? What do you want to do with this? Okay. Um, on a basketball court, you know, if I'm working with uh, a young kid or running a camp, of course, they want to improve their shooting or improve their skills. That's important. Any job we do, we want to uh, be good at it. We want to be excellent. We want to be our best. But there's also, I think, the potential for much more in anything. So how can we use these things to, um, to build life lessons? I think basketball or sports in general, I don't know if there's a better classroom for doing so. And not everybody's going to be in, those, in that classroom, so to speak. But I have experience in it. It's maybe the one thing I have experienced it now in my life. So um, I want to use that. Um, it's For me, it's fun to go to a gym and it not be about me because as, as an athlete, my whole life, it's, okay, you need to do this. You got to get your reps in. You got to get your work in. You got to do that. You got to do this to be your best. Okay, that's great. That's part of it. But now I go to the gym. How can I help these young kids improve their game one? But more importantly, how do we, how can I show them, hey, I know you're, I know you had a, a rough game. I know you're going through a tough time, but how can you maybe show up in this one hour and be focused and apply yourself? How can you be resilient? Uh, if you can do this here, well, you can do that in the classroom. You can do that elsewhere. You can do that as you continue to grow. And there's just so many opportunities through sports. So yeah, that's just something I'm very, very passionate about. And I think it goes beyond sports, but that's one arena that I can um, bring value to right now and, and wanting to capitalize on that. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, so one thing I'm curious about, because I'm like, I'm kind of a, a no one from nowhere, right? Like I'm, I'm, I live in a town that's different than the town I grew up in. I don't have a ton of connections to the place I grew up in. I don't. So one thing that's kind of curious about your situation is that you're working for a local business in a town that you grew up in that you played collegiate basketball in just, I'm just curious, like what's, what's that like for you? What, de- like, I just, I can, I know the positive and negatives of kind of being almost the opposite. So I got to imagine there are some challenges and some positives that come with that. What's, what's that like for you? Yeah, it's been great coming back to Champaign, but it's been challenging in many ways too. Uh, later you know, didn't know anyone. And then spending our time, our first decade, pretty much married uh, overseas, uh, we're used to going under the radar. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I played basketball, but look, I lived in Paris, France for three years. Nobody cared about <laughs> that. They're, they're there for, for different the things. So, 
not at all. And so uh, I'm, I'm very much used to kind of flying under the radar and especially being a foreigner, uh, you kind of want to blend in, you know, you don't want to be the, the loud, um, ignorant American. You, you want to, okay, try to learn the language and you go to the store and you want to ask for something. You want to, you, you speak the language, you speak to them. And my language was my, my French where I lived most of the time wasn't good enough to have full blown conversations, but I can get by and I can speak it a bit. So you kind of say the bare minimum and kind of get in and out and do your thing. And, and that's kind of how we lived in many, in many regards and a, a very simple life. I had basketball, I had my family, didn't have much else, you know, there. And uh, that was great. And I'm, I'm happy that there's more opportunities now. I'm happy that I can go to the store and, and see someone I know, or uh, there's, there's different things happening in the community that I'm able to get involved with. Uh, that's great, but it's very, very different. And I'd be lying if I said that hasn't been an adjustment. It, it, it's still an adjustment and still kind of figuring out, okay, uh, this is great, but um, what are we committing to? What are we saying no to as a family? Um, and, uh, you know, but at the same time, wanting to use a platform or influence that I do have to um, you know, provide opportunities for young kids to grow in basketball or to be a leader and however that looks. Um, so I'm learning what that looks like. Um, it's great to be back in Champaign. It's, it's great to have different opportunities to, um, you know, participate in this community, whether it's through uh, different organizations or whether it's through sports media and Illinois basketball. Uh, and I'm enjoying that, but um, there's, there's, uh, there's challenges with that as well. I gotta, I gotta imagine I didn't even consider this just that it was a very a kind of edifying and sanctifying opportunity to almost have that experience overseas to like where, you know, you come from a community that you have so much connection to, to then have to go to a completely different space. I'm sure in so many ways there was so much um, kind of sanctification and hu like humility developed just from that transition there as well. Yeah. And most, most of the world lives simpler lives than Americans too. And so in, in many, many ways and playing big 10 basketball and at the U of I, you're going to fly charter flights. You're going to go eat at Ruth's Chris in, in Indianapolis. When you go there, you're, you're staying in nice hotels. And I get over there and, you know, we're sharing a gym with a PE class and, you know, I got to wash my practice uniform after practice every day. And, you know, a lot of those things that we have an eight hour bus ride and, you know, if we, if we lost, we're stopping at a gas station for our food after the game, you know? <laughs> so there, there was a lot of things and it got a little bit better from there for my mm -hmm. first year, but there was just a lot of things that it was a little, it was humbling. And it, it did make you question, why am I doing this? You know, I made no money my first two <laughs> years playing. So what the heck am I doing? Uh, and then just in general, I mean, just everything is there's less your the food that they serve you in the restaurants it's less than you get here the car is smaller the apartment is tiny you know all those things are just different from the luxuries and the comfort that we're kind of used to here in america and uh and so that was good and also just the simplicity of life mm -hmm. uh you go to a restaurant in france and at first i thought man the service is awful you know they're, they're not even coming by to you know, ask how you're doing or to, you know, we just finished eating. Can you bring the receipt? Well, you know, I learned 
that they actually really value not disrupting you and want you to um, be able to have a great evening with your family or friends and not come by the, the table every five minutes. And they would never bring your receipt until you ask them to uh, because they wouldn't want to feel like you're, they're pushing you out the door. And it's not uncommon to have a three hour meal. And, you know, here in the U.S., after an hour, we're trying to get out, out the door. So uh, that's just an example of something that was different, uh, was frustrating at first, but I grew to really love and enjoy yeah, uh, as long as they don't have the, uh, I think we can do without the, the is everything okay as the food is in your mouth? Uh, I can, I can move on from that. Um, so, kind of as a party shy, do you have uh, any questions for me or anything that you would like to ask me? Um, I, and I appreciate you having me on, Corey. Uh, I guess I'd ask you what what's your what's your hope with this podcast? not just this one particular, this episode, but just in general. Yeah, honestly, this is, this is just an opportunity for me to uh, just connect with more people in our community, uh, primarily people who are just connected within the, the business community here. Um, and really, it's just that somewhat selfish endeavor of it's an excuse for me to connect with people, to talk to people and get to know more people uh, without um, kind of just cold asking them to like go get a cup of coffee with me and so it's also a way to create content in a way that um kind of does two things at once where it helps to build connections with people but it also is a piece of content that i can distribute as well yeah yeah i think it's awesome i think it's that's it's great and uh, connecting with people and then and i'm sure you're learning in the process both about people but also about uh, kind of how they do business and uh, hopefully you got some people on here with a bit more experience than me and, and not a uh, complete rookies to their, their field like I am, but, um, uh, that's, that's fantastic. And, uh, hope you keep with it. Yeah. Thanks, man. But yeah, I really appreciate, uh, you taking the time. Thanks for having me on. I enjoyed it.